What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Talking episode 74. Today's episode, we're going to talk about college football. Yes, still the most wonderful time of the year. Anytime, school starting, football starting, it's a good good time of the year. We've got holidays coming up, so we got a lot of stuff going on. But first, before we head into conference championships, we got two more weeks of college football. So let's get into those two weeks. But first, Let's introduce our guest for the podcast. We got the podcast dad. You know him very well. Welcome back, dad. Hey, thanks, buddy. Nice to be here again. And we got a new guest. We got Darren. What's going on, Darren? Not much. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Yeah, so Darren, real quick before we get into it, your favorite college football team or college in general and why? It'd be Nebraska. Uh, longtime fan as a kid. Mom and dad grew up there. Mom went to the university. Half of my family went to the university, and it's just, it was, I want to say, bred into me when I was old enough to know better, and lived and died as a kid. Uh, once my brother and I were in our early 20s, we decided it wasn't worth our sanity to live and die how they won or lost, so we're <laughs> we're still passionate, but we're not, uh, we're not unreasonable in our, in our expectations from the team. It's been a rough 20 years since 90 since 97 so uh we've we've endured a lot but we're not going anywhere yeah a lot of ups and downs more downs recently though yes yeah it's been um since since Pelini left we had our time with mike riley and then old uh scott frost came in that that did not work out how we had <laughs> hoped um it was a dumpster fire from from the get-go took them a long time to get his first win and unfortunately i was at the get the game for his first win and we thought that would be one of many but it wasn't it just got it just seemed to get worse but they've moved on to our new coach we're we've got more wins now under rule than we've had in a long time so well, yeah things, positives big things, time. things are looking up yeah for sure one more win we might even be bowl eligible oh well, that's asking a lot it is we got wisconsin this weekend and then iowa next we just got to go one and one over the next two, and I think they will, then they will get an invite because Nebraska travels. It's true. Very possible, but we'll have to see. Still two weeks. Who knows? Anything yep. could happen. Yep. All right, guys, so let's get into it. So if you guys listen to the Wednesday news, we always do our top 25 rankings and then get into our underdog picks today or this yesterday, I guess. Um, the episode was released just a little bit later than normal. But we didn't do our top 25 or underdog picks. So let's get into our top 25 CFP rankings. And then we'll go through each division. And then we'll get into underdog picks and Saturday slate picks. So let's start off with the CF- CFP top 25 rankings. So we got a new number one, Georgia. They drop, jump up to one spot, uh, swapping with Ohio State, who drops down to two. Then we got no movement from three to eight. Michigan and Florida State stay at three and four. Washington and Oregon are the first two out. Texas and Alabama are on the outside looking in. We got a new number nine spot. Missouri jumps up five spots to nine. Louisville gets a plus one to 10. Oregon State also gets plus one to 11. Penn State, after the tough loss to Michigan, drops only two spots, though, to 12. Ole Miss, also losing last week, drops to 13. Oklahoma gets a little bit of a boost, plus three to 14, along with LSU, plus four up to 15. Iowa keeps sneaking up into the top 25. They get a plus six to 16. And the team down south, Arizona, uh, jump up four spots to 17. Tennessee, though, tough loss again. They drop five spots to 18. Notre Dame somehow stays in the top 25. 
goes to 19. UNC right behind them at 20. Kansas State gets a plus four to 21. Utah, tough loss against Washington. They drop four spots to 22. Oklahoma State had one of the worst losses of the weekend, drops 23 spots, eight total from last week. Tulane only drops one spot to 24. And Kansas just sneaks into the 25 after their loss to Texas Tech, losing nine spots in 25. No new rankings from last week. No one dropped out. No one gained in. All same top 25, just a little bit jumbled up there. Before we move on from the top 25, your guys' thoughts on Georgia and Ohio State swapping. Do you guys think that's a good good move on the committee's part, or do you not see it necessary? No, I don't think it's uh, necessary. I think Ohio State's a better team than Georgia. Um, but Yeah, I don't you know, know. Ohio State's strength, strength of schedule is only ninth in the Big Ten, but um, – it's yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems like Georgia has been at the top since the beginning, and one little misstep or bad quarter seems to cost some votes. So, I mean, I don't think it. I really don't think one or two. I mean, this obviously this weekend is going to be pretty big because who does Georgia have coming up this weekend? Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, I, it'll probably change again. I guarantee it. Depending on if somebody plays better than somebody else. They might get leapfrogged by Ohio State. I mean, if, if Washington may jump over everybody if, if, if anybody struggles. So it's hard to say. Right. Yeah, and, like, the biggest thought process is also, like, if they're not going off of past history, which they didn't seem like they were doing, Ohio State definitely was the clear number one going into the first week of CFP. Now, all of a sudden, it seems like they're going into past seasons in history of where Georgia hasn't lost in over two years, it's like, okay, great. If you wanted to have them at number one, you should have made them number one in the first place. I don't know why Ohio State drops after they're still winning. They're still looking pretty dominant. Yeah, they, they have a little bit of a, a sloppy quarter, but they get back into it. They still win. I don't know how that um, translates down to losing number one in the, in the nation going down to two. Right, and Ohio State yeah. has some slow starts to games already this year. I mean, they started slow against, I think it was at Rutgers. I mean, there's some of the teams that they – Got yeah. a slow start off too, and they still were ring number one. So I don't yeah, see I think, why Georgia's jumping up. It's just a, it's that uh, SEC bias, like usual every year when it gets down to playoff time. Bingo. SEC. Yep. It's yeah. It's I mean, Ohio State was what down ten to nothing against Rutgers. Yeah, that's three weeks ago, and, they, and then they ended up. I think they ended up blowing them out. So it it slow start might have cost them something, but overall, I think one and two might flip-flop one or two more times. And obviously, if one of them loses, I doubt that's going to happen. But you got Michigan Ohio State coming up here soon. so And that's always a good game. It's always close. No matter if, if both teams are good or both or one team's good, one team's bad, They it's usually not a blowout. So. Yeah. Don't forget yeah, we're still going to see shakeups. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely going to see shakeups still. Um, still got two weeks in the season, so anything could happen for sure with any of those top four teams. All right, any final comments from the top 25s that you guys want to get off your chest? I can't believe Kansas is in the top 25 and Nebraska's not. <laughs> where did my, where did Miss Missouri come from? And you Iowa, for Christ's sake. Iowa, Iowa can't score. Iowa should not be there. They're, they're terrible. Iowa should not be there either. I, mean, I 100% agree. And Missouri's yeah. only lost until what? Alabama and LSU. So they're, they're two quality losses. Um, but it's still, it's Missouri. SEC. Yeah, 100% SEC. But Iowa, I don't know how they're in the top 25. I'm okay with them at 24-25, like maybe just missing the cut. But they jumped up 6-16. to 16. 
that doesn't seem right. I don't understand where they're getting the committee votes there. Yeah, I mean they're four. And, I think they're four and two in conference, which is I don't know. I don't see who they played. I don't. Yeah, I just it it it's just odd that they that that they're there. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. All right, we'll move on to the ACC. So right now, we actually got one team already making it into the ACC title game. That's Florida State. They're eight and zero undefeated in conference play, ranked fourth in the country. We got two other teams in contention for that last spot. We got number ten Louisville at six and one, and number twenty North Carolina at four and two. Unfortunately for this week, if North Carolina loses, they're out. If Louisville loses and North Carolina wins, it comes down to the last week. Um, not sure how the tiebreaker would work at that case, but as of right now, both teams are in contention for that. So ACC, we don't talk too much about it because it's pretty much the furthest teams group of teams from us because we all live here in California or Arizona. So. We really don't see too much about it, and they don't have that much of a name. But Florida State is doing really well. Curious on your guys' thoughts. Do you guys think Florida State will get any losses with the remaining schedule as they face North Alabama, which is a cupcake, and Florida, or maybe in the title game? So, Darren, we'll start off with you. Do you see anything there? Uh, maybe the Florida game because Florida-Florida State used to be good, a good matchup. Same thing with Florida State-Miami, but they don't play Miami. Before the so I that that might be the one hiccup they have or or let's say a road bump, um, but I I I don't I don't see Florida State losing to North Alabama or. What about you, Dad? No, they they shouldn't lose any, and it, you know that whole what North Alabama scheduling is it is that like a smart decision or like a little like a they're kind of scared kind of thing you know let's let's, let's uh, schedule someone that's not so good towards the end of the season. But they shouldn't lose. They shouldn't lose any of the remaining games. And actually, I think uh, you know that quarterback was it uh, Travis. He's he's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's real good. I, I mean, I, I the big court, the big uh, wide receiver they have, the, the one transfer from Arizona State. You know, he still drops a bunch of balls, but you know they, they're kind of targeting him more. So they're so actually, annoying, Walker. <laughs> yeah, and he so still annoying. he still drops a bunch like he did when he was at ASU. But I mean, they're they're a solid team, and I do like that quarterback. Yeah, Florida State looks really good this year. I do not credit them being undefeated looking at their schedule, though. Uh, North Alabama, get that off your schedule. That is a cupcake. Leave that to the SEC to do stuff like that. Don't bring it into one of your top teams in your conference. North Alabama, I think if you win or you lose, it to me, you drop it no matter what. I think Washington and Oregon jump up against Florida State going into um, a- after this week, it, saying that, Washington and Oregon both win their games because a team like North Alabama, you're expected to win. If you don't win by a hundred, I don't think it's impressive. Um, so I don't think they're going to lose, but I think they'll lose spots in the rankings. At least they should in my eyes, because that's just not a good opponent, especially with Washington having to play number 11, Oregon state this week. You're going to tell me a win against Oregon state's not better than a win against North Alabama. Can't justify that. So Florida state, figure out your scheduling. It is. Overall, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to lose, though. The problem is, is it's kind of like in football, right, college football? If you're going to lose, you lose early, right? You can lose the first week of the game, but you can't lose in the last week. You know, it's almost yeah. like with this, you know, you could you could beat a North Alabama team week one, but you can't beat them in week 10. It doesn't look as good. And it, it brings more attention to it. Yeah, unless you blow them out by 50. Yeah, it has to be some sort of, like, really impressive game. For me to be like, oh wow, okay, they're they're still really good. It doesn't really matter who they play. 
but I really they they struggled against Miami last week. They only won by seven against Miami, and that's a good game. Miami seems to be like an up and down team, so good job for Miami there. But like North Alabama, they're not gonna give them much. So maybe they score seven, maybe ten on Florida State. And if that's the case, I just don't think the Seminoles are better than the Huskies or the Ducks right now. All right, we'll move on to the Big 12. So right now, we don't have anybody clinching a spot in the title game. We got number seven, Texas, in number one spot at six and one. Then we got 23, Oklahoma, at five and two. 14, Oklahoma, or Oklahoma State, excuse me, at five and two. Oklahoma's right behind them on the tiebreaker spot at five and two as well. And Iowa State, no one's talking about them at all. They're also at five and two. They're not even ranked right now. So I would put Iowa State over Iowa any day right now, um, definitely this season. But that's just me. Uh, the committee's got their own thing. But title game, who do you guys see getting in there? Do we see another Red River rivalry game in the championship game? Do we see the Cowboys getting in? Do we even see the Cyclones making it in? Because I think we all have Texas making it to that title game. We don't see them losing two games to end the season. But who's that, that second team? We'll start off with you, Darren. It's either going to be Texas or Iowa State because Oklahoma's – they got West Virginia and BYU, TCU coming up. I don't see I don't see either one of those three teams beating Oklahoma. And then Texas will have his hands full with Iowa State and Texas Tech is I mean they're they're four and three, but they really haven't done much. They're kind of pedestrian four and three. So I can I can definitely see Oklahoma, Texas or Oklahoma, Iowa State. What do you think, Dan? You know what? I honestly I, I can see if Iowa State can beat Texas this week, which I think they may because Texas has a history of choking, right? Especially when it gets yeah. down towards the end of the season. You know, I'm not yeah. sold on Sarkeesian either. So if, if they, if Iowa State can get by them, you know, then maybe it might be them against either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I'm not sure how the tiebreakers go, right? Because Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma this year. So there might be a three-way tie so that up there. W- that would be the tiebreaker between those two. So Oklahoma, no matter what, would be out. Yeah, so yeah. It, it could be Iowa State versus Oklahoma State, which would be great because you know you got these two kind of up and coming teams that have been progressively been getting better. Iowa know? State beat Oklahoma State by seven, so Iowa State would actually have the tiebreaker over all three of those teams in a three way tie, I believe. But then Texas would drop to six and two, and everyone else would be six and two, so there'd be four way tie at the front, right? Yeah, and Iowa State oh, would yeah. have the heads would would have would have the head to head. Because Iowa State would have beaten Texas if they were sitting at six and two. Right. So it looks like yeah. yeah so like they a... would be number one in the in the Big Twelve going into that title game then. Yeah, maybe against Oklahoma State if they all went out. Yeah. It'd be interesting. That'd be that'd be a good you know it'd be a good match. I mean, it's terrible for the conference because Big Twelve doesn't want Iowa State being their representative. They're not going to be in the playoff. You know, it's you know then it's a kind of a dead conference. You know, so yeah, it's like yeah. like the the the, the Pac two. AKA yeah. the Pac-12 beating up, beating up on each other, and everybody beats everybody, and you got a bunch of you got five teams that are all six and six. Right, but yeah. they're all they're all pretty good teams. That's that's the bad yeah. part about. Yeah. Yeah, we're like the Big Twelve. Outside of Texas, I don't think any of these teams in the playoff spot right now are going to be winning a game. So it's like, yeah, you got to hope if you're the Big Twelve, Texas wins out, and they win out big. They got to beat Iowa State big, and they got to show Texas Tech that they should not be in the in the Big 12, they got to blow out those last two games, go into the title game under, or with one loss and hopefully win that game big as well. Right. They need to do it, but whether or not they can do it is another question. So it should be interesting. Yeah. 
there is no margin to victory anymore, but there is there are style points. Yeah, for sure. Um, we I don't have any much much to talk about with the Big Twelve. Do you guys have anything that you guys want to mention? No, I mean it, it's sad to see how TCU had such a big drop off from last year to this year. They lost a lot of players, but you know it's always yeah. kind of sad to see that the the last you know national title, um, in the national title game to you know bottom of the conference. It's, it's just Kansas, bad. Kansas State. They'll what are the, they'll they play again, don't they? I believe they do. They do, yeah. Yeah, so they're one of those two teams is going to knock the other one out. So if 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 Kansas beats Kansas State, then yeah, that that's gonna that's gonna mess it up even more. Yeah, it, it's gonna be such a mess if we see yeah. a bunch of upsets in the Big Twelve here in the last two weeks. All right, let's head to the Big Ten. So this is the really the only division that is splitting up in East and West. Um, SEC also does it, but everyone else seems to be getting rid of it just to kind of give your best two uh, teams playing in that title game, which seems to make sense, but we'll, we'll work with this. In the West, we got Iowa at 5-2 and two and North Northwestern at 3-4. and four. Somehow they're still eligible to be representing uh, the West in the Big Ten. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's really likely. It seems like Iowa is going to uh, pretty much take that one. In the East, though, that's when it gets spicy. We got number three, Michigan, at 7-0, and and number two, Ohio State, also at 7-0. Uh, those are the only two in contention for the East, but really the only two everybody saw going into the season. Penn State is irrelevant now. They're 5-2 and two in conference play, ranked 12th. So, pretty much, who do you guys think is going to win the East? Is it going to be Michigan? Is it going to be Ohio State? It's really going to come down to that last game because neither of them are losing this upcoming week. So, Dad, we'll start off with you. Who's representing the East? My pick is for Ohio State. Um, you know, I think they got the best player in college football right now, uh, Harrison Jr. I think he's great at wide receiver, you know, big in the air, runs good after the catch. I think, you know, he's going to be the difference. So if I had the shoes right now, Ohio State, I think Ohio State over Michigan for the first time in a while, right? Yeah, I think the last two years, Michigan has had their number. Um, this year, the game is in Ann Arbor, so. I think that that might make a little bit of a difference. That means Harbaugh could watch from his office, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I would have to agree with Roll on that with Ohio State over Michigan just because of Marvin Harrison Jr. And I don't. I mean, Michigan's not going to have Harbaugh for the last three games of the season. Whoop de doo. Thanks a lot, Big Twelve, for his little uh, sign stealing scandal. But uh, I don't. I don't know how much of a difference he would make in in the game against Ohio State. But yeah, I. I would tend to say Ohio State's probably going to win that game. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Not because I'm an Ohio State fan over Michigan. I just think having all the drama behind Michigan, um, I think that's really going to kind of mess with the players a little bit there. I didn't think they looked all that great against Penn State. The defense looked really good. The offense, I expected more out of them, where I thought Ohio State played that game a lot better in my in my eyes. Um, even though the game was a little closer, they lost – Penn State only lost by eight to Ohio State. I just think Ohio State's a little bit more of a complete team altogether. Um, I really like Harrison Jr. as well. I think he's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver, of his potential draft class. Um, Kyle McCord actually is doing pretty well at QB overall. Not crazy numbers, but not nothing to be ashamed of. So I think that offense for Ohio State is going to be good. It's really going to be the defense for me. They really have kept them in games like that Rutgers game where they were down um, going into halftime. So that that defense is definitely going to have to step up against a really a really good run offense Michigan team. So we'll have to see what happens in the in the game uh, that happens next week. 
A couple updates, though, on the Michigan uh, sign-stealing scandal. So Harbaugh and the university have accepted the punishment as of Friday morning, meaning that they are not going to take any like legal action towards the Big Ten. Uh, there sounds like they're not going to leave the Big Ten anytime soon. I think this was just all, um, all that kind of stuff was just a scare tactic. Uh, definitely did not work. Harbaugh is going to accept that. Sit out the last two games of the season as he sat out last week. Um, he should be eligible to do the playoffs. Um, I don't think the Big Ten is going to take him away from that. So he should be back on the sidelines for the playoffs if Michigan does make that. Uh, but they also announced that they are firing linebacker coach Chris Partridge. Um, he's been fired. Supposedly he was also connected. It is kind of surprising they would fire an assistant right now. He must have had something to do with it, maybe. I don't know. But they, need to fire, they need to fire someone, right? Like, yeah, they couldn't gonna, fire Harbaugh. You know, they're not going to fire Harbaugh, so someone's got to – you know, they need a sacrificial lamb, so they need yeah. some, one head to roll, and he, he was probably low man on the pole there. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we move on from the Big Ten, Darren, here's your time to shine. You want to, like, give your st- thoughts about Nebraska as a season, where you see them going from here, rest of the, the games on the schedule, what do you got for them? Well, as far as the season as a whole, it pains me to say that 5-5 five and five is a step in the right direction, but our quarterback situation, I know – Jeff Sims being a transfer from Georgia Tech looked pretty good the preseason. Couldn't hold on to the football, made bad decisions, and they brought in Harburg. Um, he's done okay. He's had some turnovers, moved the ball, hasn't moved the ball. Um, and I was talking to Rawl this this morning. He, uh, Brock Purdy is not Brock Purdy. Chubba Purdy is the third stringer, and he's kind of moved up in the depth chart, been taking reps this week. That's Brock Purdy's little brother. Um, I personally would like to see him get snaps because obviously Sims and Harburg have not progressed at all hardly this year. They've, I mean, Harburg hasn't gotten worse. Sims has gotten worse. Um, but they have was Wisconsin. If if Nebraska was ever going to get Wisconsin in Wisconsin, it's this year because they're not. They are, they are not what they've been in the past. So we're just uh, – and then Iowa, they got Iowa next week, uh, Thanksgiving, Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, the early game there, it's 12 o'clock. Well, it's not really early. It's not. It's early our time, 9 o'clock. But if they could score 20 points in that game, they could probably win because, they're like I said earlier, their defense is, is top 10 in the nation, and they are they are throwing the bones again this year like they used to, which is which is fun to watch. But if you can't score, you can't beat people. Yeah, it's tough because I mean, looking at their stats, they're they're leading rushers or quarterback. You can't yeah. have that. And 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 quarterback, I mean, you know, they have what almost twice as many interceptions and touchdowns. So they gotta just protect the ball a bit better, um, keep hold of it. You know, maybe get a good running game, and that'll that'll open up the passing game for them. Yeah, yeah. They've, obviously, they've had offensive line struggles because the only time they do really get a good running game going is when Harburg is running around, not really from pressure, but design runs and, and those read options. Um, and he keeps the ball and he runs for 10, 12 yards. So yeah, they're to say they're a mess right now is it might be a little harsh, but I think they're still finding their way, but you think the season would have been better if they still had the coldest Crawford it, for sure. Is that the difference? That would made the difference that's, this year. That's, yeah, yeah. The, oldest the, the difference is then, and then they're 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 tied in Eric Gilbert, who got popped twice for robbery at the first, the beginning of the season. He got hurt preseason, 
fall camp and I think before the first game he got he he didn't play in the first game and then between game one and two he broke into a vape store in in Omaha or in Lincoln and I think stole thirty five hundred dollars worth of vape stuff. So he was dismissed from the program and went home and did it again like a month later. Jeez. I'm not, I know there's not a lot to do in Nebraska, but you find something other than like um, robbery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was there. He was he was still inside when the police got there. Oh, so he was in the, he was in there so long that the cops showed up before so, he had a you chance gotta to get in, run. get out, bud. Right. Well, if you're gonna grab yeah. three thousand dollars worth of vape stuff, I guess you got to spend a while. So, Sounds like it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You would think after his first time, he'd know how to do it the second time. Well, yeah, and odds are it probably wasn't his first. So before we move on, though, you said the team has to go one and one to be that that six team, um, six win team, get bowl eligible. What game do you think is more likely for them to win, Iowa or Wisconsin? Probably, probably Iowa at home. Because, Iowa, at home. yeah, because Iowa, they've got the same problem. Nebraska, I hope that game might be three to two. I was gonna say <laughs> it's probably gonna be like six to three, the final or something. Yeah. 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 Hammer the under in that game. Yeah, exactly. The the under the over under is probably going to be fourteen, or it might be fourteen <laughs> and a half. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll move on to the Pac-12. So the Pac-12. This is really, honestly, the the division that's really kind of been thrown in up in the air. Anybody could have it. As of right now, number five, Washington is undefeated. They're seven and zero. Oh. But right after them, they got number six, Oregon, six and one. Their only loss is to that Washington Huskies team. And you got two teams that I did not expect to be this good for this long right now. You got, unfortunately, number 17, Arizona at 5-2, and two, and also at 5-2, and two, number 11, Oregon State. So you got all four of those teams potentially still in there. None of the teams have clinched a spot, so anything can happen in the last couple of weeks. So what do you guys see in the Pac-12 title game? Do you guys see a Washington-Oregon rematch, or do you guys see another team jumping in? We'll start off with the Pac-12 guy. You get it away, Dad. All right. So Pac-12, yeah. Honestly, I, I want to see Washington and Oregon in the title game. And then uh, I think Oregon's probably the best team in the conference, even though they lost to Washington. Um, you know, it came down to what, a field goal? You know, they missed a field goal at the end. I, I do think Oregon is a better team overall. And that was a lot of coaching errors, too. That wasn't a lot of playing errors. That was a lot of coaching yeah, errors. Yeah, going, going for two, four downs and stuff. Fourth like down that. tries. Yeah, it was, it was bad, you know. And you know, that's, I mean, my other team in the, in the Pac 12, Arizona State, you know, they're, they're, fallen victim of the same thing but that coach came from that program so um you know maybe there's something with the the mindset of that program or that system they have there that sort of you know wants them to do a little bit more gambling on on the fourth downs and and extra points and going for two and it just seemed to bite them this year but honestly i think oregon is the better team i am i i picked them coming out of the out of the pac-12 the other two i mean u of a and oregon state um i actually like oregon state a lot you know, I think they're they're a good team. I like uh, the quarterback DJ. Don't know how you even try his last name. Bowie Young and Galay. They have a good running back over there. You know, uh, Martinez is a good running back, so they're they're solid. You know, solid passing game, good run run game. Uh, you know, they the, they had a, a loss to Washington State. Wazoo beat them, and that looks horrible now. I mean, yeah, that's a bad loss. And Washington of State course, they lost to Arizona too. Yeah, but Arizona's. I mean, I don't know how they're doing so well. Um, they have that tiebreaker now, though. Yeah. Well, and the other one's going to jump ahead of Washington or Oregon, though. Yeah. For the Realistically, no. Darren, what do you got for Pac-12 title game? Um, 
I think Washington, I think the, the fact that Penix is, is he's just so dynamic. I mean, I, it, they won't, you can't sneak up on anybody anymore, but also if he, if he plays well, throws well, runs well, it's going to come down to Washington's defense against Oregon. If it's, yeah, it's, I like I like Washington just sim- for the simple fact that Penix is playing for Washington and nobody else. It's kind of a generic take, but I think the quarterback play in the Pac-10 and the Pac-12 always always seems to win out. Right. I think Bo Nix is better than than Penix. He probably he's, is. He's probably they, a better quarterback overall. Washington State just or Washington is just sort of they disappeared a couple times this year. You know, like against Arizona State, they should have they should have lost that game. Yeah. Um, in yeah, so sometimes they just sort of like they're just not there all, all the way in the game, and they look really bad, and then you know they'll come back and throw for 400 yards. But it just looks weird when he's you know that left-handed, the left the left throw too, the left-handed throw just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it looks it unnatural. Yeah, it does. Even though most lefties throw a pretty a, a pretty ball, catchable football, um, it's just it it is it's hard to get used to. Yeah, for my Pac-12 title game, I also have Washington versus Oregon. I don't see Arizona jumping over those two. Um, Oregon State, if they do win out, they're not jumping Arizona because of the the tiebreaker. But I do think Arizona is going to lose to ASU in two weeks. Um, just a little nugget there for you guys, future episode there. Um, but anyways, besides the fact, Washington and Oregon, I think those are definitely the top two teams in the Pac-12. There's no no doubt about it. I think it's also that phrase of it's hard to beat the same team twice. I think in this case, Washington is going to have a hard time beating Oregon twice, mainly because Oregon killed themselves. They, they had the game in their hand. They decided not to go for three points and go for seven, and it ended up crossing them. They ended up losing by three points. So you can't put this on the players. You got to put that on coaching decisions. I don't think Dan Lanning makes those decisions again. I think he just goes for the points, takes it against a, a good team like Washington, so I think Oregon beats Washington in a close game, but I think Oregon still beats them, leapfrogs, and honestly represents the Pac-12 in the CFP. But with Washington, like you mentioned it, Dad, like the game against Arizona State really bothered me as a Washington fan or even a fan of the Pac-12. That that game should not have been that close. They only won because of an offensive error by the quarterback who should have never made that throw far side turned into a pick six for like 90 plus yards that should have never happened that throw should never go should have just went for the three points get that chip shot maybe asu gets a top 25 upset win there right and, and even the week the last week's game against utah they weren't they didn't dominate that game utah with as many injuries as they've had was in that game late and they, they probably should have won it if it, maybe if utah was at home they would have won it yeah they yeah. did they did just enough to win yeah, they really did. They just just enough to win, stay undefeated in both of those games, which it could be really scary for a lot of fans, especially if you're a Husky fan. Before we move on from the Pac-12, I got two teams I want to bring up, though. USC, what happened to them? They're 5-3 and three in Pac-12 play. They, this team looked like one of the best teams on paper going into it when it came to the offensive side. A lot of defensive stuff was not answered in the offseason, and that really did reflect it. No wins against a top 25 team. It's the first time since 2021 that USC has not won against an AP top 25 school, had multiple losses, plus no wins 
against a t- top 25 school. So that's really bad on their resume. They only got one game left on the season, plus their bowl game because they are bowl eligible. But what do we expect from USC? Do we expect more? Is this exactly what we should have thought? We just got in the hype of Kayla Williams. What do you think, Dad? No, they they should be the best team in the conference. I mean, they had the, you know, Williams over, you know, transferred over. They had a good year last year. They should have built on it, and they didn't. Um, they built more on offense than defense because they could score usually with no problems. Just the defensive side is bad. Um, I think just looking at Williams, I'm not very impressed with his play. Yes, he can scramble. He's got a good arm. But just when he's not on the field, his body language, and he just seems disconnected from the team. Um, so I think it's maybe a little lack of leadership, you know, between that. And, and I'm not I'm not a big uh, Lincoln Riley fan either, um, you know. He has a little bit. He had some success in Oklahoma. Came over and just you know still trying to find some traction, I guess. Uh, but I think it starts at the top. So there's a little bit of lack of leadership on that team, and you know it's hurting them, especially on the defensive side. What do you got, Darren? Basically the same thing. I know I follow the the, the Big Twelve one, the Pac-12, and I have a, a pretty good friend of mine who's an SC fan. I told him. You guys are going to score a lot of points. It's going to be fun watching the offense, but the defense is not going to be good. And that's what's bit them, is the defense, is the lack of ability to stop people. I mean, they gave, they got beat by four touchdowns by Notre Dame. The rest of the games were – was a were, close were, one were, in Utah, too. Yeah, two-point yeah, two game there. Um, and then Washington, Oregon. Yeah, and they get to play out. They get to play UCLA, um, which UCLA has kind of been Jekyll and Hyde all year, too. Um, but as far as Williams goes, ever since the loss to Notre Dame, I, th- he looks like he's been mailing it in playing out a string. Just, I mean, he, he, I think he, he's probably trying when he's on the field, but he just, I don't, he doesn't seem to have his heart at it anymore. Like he did the first four weeks of the season. Yeah. I agree with both of what you guys said. Like Williams is honestly the problem of this, this program right now. He looks great on the field. He comes off doesn't seem very engaged, doesn't try and hype these guys up, just seems like he just wants to sit down and just beat himself. Call me when I need to go on the field, but outside of that, I don't want to be around football anymore. It's what it seems like, what he's kind of portraying there. Yeah. I'll, everybody's saying that he's like the top pick in the upcoming draft. I think he dropped way low round in the first or maybe even the second round at this point because I do not think uh, scouts and GMs are going to look at what he's done at USC and say, yep, that's the quarterback of the future. I think he's lost that. Um, if he does come back for one more year against the Big Ten, I don't think it's going to be anything different. I think he's going to struggle against teams like Ohio State, Michigan, um, maybe even Iowa. I don't even know what he's going to do against a good defensive team like Iowa. Who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe Iowa actually puts up 40 points against USC. Who knows? But Williams overall just does not seem like he, he likes it there. doesn't seem like it's working. I think USC just needs to get out of the Kayla Williams era. And move on from that. I don't know. I think he's got to come back and uh, prove himself one more year in college so his draft status goes up. Yeah, if he finished the year 10 and 2, that'd be a different story because he was a Heisman contender for the first half of the season and then he just fell off the map and he just kind of gave back a little bit. But yeah, he's just, I don't, yeah, he wasn't, uh, he hasn't played like everybody figured he would the entire season. Yeah. And when you're talking about potentially being the second, the second person ever to win back-to-back Heismans, and he's 
talked about it. ESPN's talked about it. Fox Sports has talked about it. Everyone's talked about it. And then he does this this year with the, this team that just does not help him out on, on the defense. It's got to be frustrating, and you just kind of see it in his gameplay and his attitude towards just everything off the field. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's a product of being a kid or not, but it's uh, it's, ob- it's obvious. It's not obvious, but it's just it seems to be pretty evident that he's looking at next year and whether it be the NFL draft or, or he comes back for another season in the Big Ten. I don't know. Do they have they said what conference they're going to be in yet? Are they, or I don't know if they even announced anything for those guys. I don't know if they're doing a West Coast, East Coast thing. I don't know if they're taking away those altogether and just making it one big conference and the best best teams play each other in the title game. I think that'd probably be the best option because of the geography now. Yeah. But who knows? Yep. Last team I wanted to bring up, Colorado. So, Dad, when you and I did the preseason rankings and what we expect from teams, we talked about this team because this is the most hyped team probably ever that I've – can remember, and I've only, I haven't been alive nearly as long as as uh, some of the it. best teams. I I held myself back. As some of the best teams that have been classified as the best teams ever, but Colorado was classified as one of the best teams ever before even playing a game. And look at where they're at now. They're bottom of the Pac-12. Can't win a big game. Have lost I think six of the last seven games. Uh, the only win was against, of course, Arizona State. But even that game was not a great game for Colorado. Um, so Colorado, was this what we all expected? I know, um, dad and I did, but Darren, did you really expect Colorado to be outstanding going into the season or really where they're at now? I figured they'd be 500. I didn't think they'd come out and start the season the way they did. Um, but they jumped out to what four and to start the season. And they lost three. Yeah, I think so. Three, three maybe. Yeah. They played Nebraska the second week of the season. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see them being any better than 500. Um, I didn't think I didn't think that it would be as odd as it is. And I think Dion's mouth put a target on his back, and he motivated every team that they come. Every team that they play has been motivated motivated to beat him, just because of that. Yeah. Um, I, as being being a Nebraska fan, I've never liked Colorado. I've hated Colorado from 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 the beginning, um, but. Dion had nothing to do with my hatred to Colorado. I mean, you guys know what sports hate is. It's not actual true hate, but um, yeah. I just, I, I have reveled in watching Colorado uh, throw up on themselves for the past six weeks. Yeah. Any, anything to add to that, Dan? No, I like, like I said, this is, I mean, this is probably where they should have been at the year. You know, they went from one win last year to what three wins or four wins this year. Yeah, that's a pretty good improvement. Yeah, who do they have? Who do they have left? Washington schedule? State and um, Utah. Huh. They might. They so, might lose two more games. They could. Yeah. Wazoo's Wazoo's terrible right now. I mean, they've they've lost like the last seven in a row. So that's probably, the biggest disappointment to me. So they, the biggest disappointment. They could probably win one. You know, so they're going to end up what two and five in the conference. Um, yeah, potentially. Yeah, so they they're not going to do much this year. Um, but, you know, he could use the improvement this year and the extra hype they got and the extra television time to recruit kids. You know, he's a good, I, I hear he's going to be a good recruiter. You know, people want, you know, they're going to get their time um, on TV. They're going to, you know, yeah. they, he, I'm sure he sells the program well. He sells himself well. He sells the program good. So that's going to be good. I mean, they need a few years to get 
up to there. You're not going to jump from one win to ten wins overnight, and that's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. No, this is the realistic results from Colorado. Going from one win to four, five, potentially six that they win out the season, um, wins on the season, that, that's really good. I mean, you can't take too much better than that. I mean, that whole program re- reshape, new coaching staff, pretty much all new players practically. I think only, what, like 13 players stayed from the last year that were on scholarship. So not a lot of players stayed uh, for obvious reasons. I, we're not going to get into that. But Colorado, I think everybody kind of had a f- figured that the realistic people knew that Colorado was going to be in the bottom. The people that took the hype expected them to be up there with Washington and Oregon, but they just did not prove themselves at all. So I expect Colorado to be better next year as long as Dion stays there, but not much better. I don't see him as a top 25 um, school even next year. Um, all right, so we got last bit of news here. A um, couple things happened between the Wednesday news and this episode, which we're recording on Friday afternoon. Um, Chip Kelly news out of UCLA. He's expected to get fired after the game against USC. Does not matter what happens in that game is what I hear. USC um, win or loss doesn't matter. UCLA is going to fire Chip Kelly. Um, If he doesn't, they're saying potentially after the bowl game, but I would not expect him to be going into next season as the head coach of the Bruins. Other bit of news, Washington State, Oregon State might actually find a home. So they're the the remaining teams in the Pac-12. They're the Pac-2 now, um, even though they have it, that little one there. Everyone's been crossing it out, giving them the Pac-2 name. They're actually finalizing a deal to be part of the Mountain West, potentially. So the Mountain West would be seen as like a Power 5 conference in this case. Um, I don't know if they'd be donning the name Pac-12 or Mountain West. This is still in, um, in talks right now. It's just been a lot more news has been coming out. Um, so the Pac-12 would be using the Mountain West opponents to fill out their schedule, uh, which would mean that Oregon State and Washington State would be almost like an independent, um, similar to what Notre Dame does in the ACC. So they'd be using the Mount West just to fill out most of their schedule. The, the two scheduling types I've seen is a 7-1. and one. Um, So they would play seven Mount West teams and one Pac-12 school, which would just be each other at that point. Or the other one would be a 5-7. and seven. So they'd play five Mount West teams and seven other opponents. I would expect it to be one of those opponents being the other team. So Washington State and Oregon State would be playing every year. Don't know too much about that, but that that's, is what's going on. Um, Oregon State and Washington State will not be eligible for league championships in the Mountain West and could not get an auto bid whatsoever for the college football playoffs when that jumps up to 12 teams. Taking that into consideration, TV deals, Mountain West has CBS and Fox. The Pac-12 has ESPN and Fox, but that deal is done after this academic year. So all those games would be telecast on the Mountain West channels or on whoever team they would be facing. Like if it's an SEC school or a Big Ten, they'd be using those TV deals instead for those two teams. Altogether, it sounds like Oregon State and Washington State finally had something in plan. They waited way too long to get this done. Really kind of bit them in the ass, I thought. But what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think this is a good deal for Washington State, Oregon State? Do you think it's going to be positive, or do you see them being two independent schools for pretty much the rest of their, their life? No, they're going, they're going to get absorbed by someone, either Mountain West, or maybe the Mountain West will change its name to the Pac-12 because it's a little more name recognition. Um, they, I mean, they're, they're doing well for, for two teams that no one wanted. So they just got that court ruling, right? So where they, they basically run the conference. So they have all the conference, they have all the 
assets that the conference had because everyone else left. So they forfeited their rights, and now the last two remaining. So they they have a lot of um, assets that they could you know divvy up or sell or, or do something with. I'm not sure. So I think they're in a good position because they get to you know have their own des- their destinies in their own hands. But what they do with it, I don't know. I mean, no one wanted them before. I don't know if anyone's going to want them now besides the Mountain West. I mean, I think that's their only option. And it's not, it's not yeah. really, it's not a strong option, but at least it's an option. Something. Yeah, it's, it, I guess it's better than nothing being too independent because I don't think either team has enough strength to be an independent like Notre Dame. Does Mountain West, they don't, they don't change their name to the new Pac-12, do they? Um, as of right now, no. It would still be – I think the Pac-12 would still be considered out there for Washington State and Oregon State. I think they would still get the rights to use that, even though they'd be acting as an independent. The Mountain West would just be using them as almost like an out-of-conference game okay. um, at that point. They could use it if they go to that 7-1 and one schedule, using it as a um, an extra out-of-conference game. So it would be one less Mountain West team. They would play for every Mountain West um, every Mountain West team. But I'm not too sure because this is all just kind of like throwing up on, on stuff that could and could not happen. Yeah. Right. I think, I think the Pac-12 yeah. gets used to Pac-12 and they don't lose their Power 5 status until like a year after they drop below a certain threshold of, of members. So huh. they have like a year to try to figure it out. Uh, NCAA says they'll give them a two-year grace period to get at least eight teams in their conference. So they could they could go a whole year not have anything. That second year, then they'll definitely have to be shopping around, whether it's them moving to a new school or a new conference or them absorbing potentially the Mountain West. Like anything, it's going to come down to money and what makes the most sense money-wise for those two schools and whoever wants to join them yeah. or whoever they yeah. want to join. Yeah, hands down, yes. All right, any final comments from the Pac-12? Nope. All right, we'll move on to the SEC. So this is the only conference that actually has a title game set in stone. Um, the West will be represented by number eight, Alabama, who has gone 7-0 and and likely to be undefeated going into that title game in conference play. And the East will be represented by the big dogs of Georgia, 7-0, and uh, ranked first in the country as of right now. So Alabama versus Georgia title game a lot of people had that as a preseason thing um but before we get into those two guys let's talk about one team that really has struggled the last couple of years and have done something about it texas a&m they fired jimbo fisher he's out 76 million dollar buyout the biggest buyout in college football history um it's the second place was only 21 million which was gus malzahn at auburn a couple years back so Jimbo, he's out. He's going to take a big payday to not coach the Aggies anymore. But who do we think is going to take over that spot? Do you think this is a good move? Do you think they should have waited? Start off with you, Darren. What do you got? Well, they've seen enough. Um, I, I think one booster might, may have ponied up the money to get rid of him. Jeez. Um, yeah. I saw they did a ceremony during the game. $160 million check on a big check was introduced during the football game. You, you think that probably would have to do with a lot of it too. Half of that yeah. money going to him. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I, it, he's, it's just been, a, it's been a mess ever since, ever since he took over. Um, 
as far as a replacement, Lane Kiffin, and I know, I know rumors have circled around about Lincoln Rally going to A and M. Lane Kiffin, I I'll throw this out there. What about Dion? People are saying maybe uh, Dion going to an SEC that, school. There's, there's that rumor too. Um, he's repeatedly said he's not leaving. Um, but we all know that's like the, that's like the proverbial a blessing from your general manager. No, we're he's our coach. He's behind us. We're all behind him. He's our coach. Uh, he signed a contract. Blah blah blah. And then and then a week later he's fired. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it it the coaching carousel around openings like this. I mean, A and M hasn't been good for a long time. They they haven't been good since Johnny Manziel was there. And that was really only two years. Right, and they didn't win anything. I mean, they won games and they were the talk of the town because they were good football. Because Manziel was there, but um, yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to say. Who might be the, the next coach over there? They they might go the last what two two games of the season, and then if they do make a bowl game, um, they got to win. If, if they have two games, they have to win both their games. I don't know who they play to end the season, but odds are they probably won't. They won't. I don't think they're going to make a bowl game. So maybe they do it now, so they can get a jump on the off season. Yeah. The search. It's going to be a recycled coach from somewhere. I don't think they'll promote from. What do you think, Dad? We Maybe. talked about it a little bit yesterday, but what do you think? Honestly, I mean, I mean, their best bet is to get one of the twelfth men out of the audience to to coach. <laughs> and really, yeah. they've they've been the what the fourth best team in Texas the last decade. You know, besides oh, hands a couple, down. yeah. I mean, what Texas is better than them lately. TCU's been better than them. Baylor's probably been better than them. I, that's what I was about to say. I say Baylor's probably better than them too. And then it's A and M. Maybe I mean, SMU. SMU's had better records than AM potentially. Well, SMU's not a real team. They barely they got, got their some money. Back. They, they got, got some yeah, money. They paid their way in. That's what they did. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't see it's not a desirable place to go. I mean, it's a tough conference, right? SEC is a tough conference. You know, they're even further down the list in the conference as they are in Texas. I don't know who they're gonna get to go up there. And then they're gonna want to Win now, which doesn't really happen. They they gave Jumbo Fisher what a ten year contract, and and that didn't work out. I mean, so it's whoever's going to go there is going to want a big deal as well because they want a little bit of guarantee. Yeah. Um. You know, so you're not going to get someone's not going to go there for a, a three year contract, four year contract because you know there's no patience over there. It's it's already kind of been established. There's not a whole lot of patience. Um. They've gone no. through what uh what three quarter three um coaches in the last few years, right? Yeah, something like that. So it, it's a tough place to win at. You know, they, they're not the best recruiter. I mean, that's, I mean, they're they're not the best team in Texas. So they lose out on the in-state stuff, which Texas is a, is a has a giant pool of players. They're they're a wealth of of high school football players oh, over there. Yeah, they're not got they're a, not getting that top talent. No, they got a stranglehold on their recruiting in the state of Texas, even in, even in Oklahoma. So. But it's still, I mean, it's, it's diluted. They're, they're not getting the, the, the first or second choice. You know, they're getting those guys a little further down the list. So, kids yeah. That weren't, kids that weren't offered or were offered by D2 schools or some smaller smaller ACC or. or yeah, guys Juco. are trying to get more chances or something like that. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I don't know who where they go from Jimbo Fisher. I mean, he was a big name. They probably should have stuck it out with him. You know, they're paying a lot of money to get rid of him. And I don't think they're going to improve coach-wise. 
you know, no, not a year. Yeah. All right. So before we move on from the SEC, the title game, Georgia and Alabama, who you got? And uh, I'll send out this hypothetical after, but we'll first off, we'll send out with who you got. So, Dad, who you got, Georgia or Alabama? Um, I've got uh, Georgia winning it. But, I mean, to my surprise, Alabama is probably the, the least talked about, quietest, undefeated team in the country. You don't really hear much about them. You hear about all the one other loss. teams. They, they got one loss. Oh, one loss. I'm sorry, one loss. But it's like you don't hear about them at all. And they just right now they're they're at the top of the West again. You know, so it's it's funny how they're always you know they're still up there even though when it's a, a down year no one's really talking about them. They're still up there in the championship game for the for the SEC. But I I still think Georgia's probably a better team overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see Alabama beating Georgia in the in the, in the championship game and both of them getting into the playoff. Oh no! Wait, I, I can't. Not again! That didn't happen before. <laughs> yeah, it happened like three times. times. That was horrible. Yeah. SEC bias. Yep. Yeah. Um, I agree with you guys though. I think Alabama has a chance to beat Georgia. Georgia, um, one hundred percent is a great team, but Alabama does not get talked about, and their only loss is to Texas, which is happens to be a really good loss. I mean, they only lost by ten. Um. I think Texas is actually a really good team this year, surprisingly. So I think Alabama's one loss is actually a really good loss on their resume. This is a scenario I found online, though. This is a scenario that has zero SEC teams making the playoffs. Let's just see if it's if it could actually happen. So Ohio State, Florida State, and Washington all finished at 13-0. and So they win their, their title games as well. Texas becomes the Big 12 champs at 12-1. and Alabama wins the SEC at 12 and 1, meaning that Georgia gets their first loss at 12 and 1. That means Texas wins the head-to-head versus Alabama and Alabama wins the head-to-head against Georgia. So that means you would have Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and Texas as your four teams represented in the playoffs. Do you guys think this is a likelihood? Do you guys see this happening? Uh, this is kind of like when Nebraska made the uh, the uh, national championship game in 2002 when we needed like nine teams to lose and six teams to win and somehow it all happened the planets aligned and nebraska somehow got in and got the right to get their ass kicked by miami and did at the rose <laughs> <laughs> hence we had the, 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 the i think the next year the bcs was voted in so a lot has to happen um but knowing Alabama and the SEC, I mean, if 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 some weird if something weird has to happen, somehow, some way, Alabama always benefits from it. Or in this case, if they if it if it all doesn't happen, they don't get in. Then I just I don't yeah I don't think it, I don't think it's gonna happen that way. Just because it's just too much, too much has to fall in line. Yeah. What I do you got, Dad? I don't see that happening. I I don't think Texas is gonna come out or Washington as you know as their conference champion. So. I just I can't see that whole scenario happening if I don't think two of the teams are gonna win their win their conferences. Yeah, those two teams for me are the only reason why I don't think this is gonna happen. I don't see Washington beat Oregon again. And then I think Texas is just kind of too shaky in the Big Twelve based off of past history to be a twelve and one Big Twelve title win. So feels like again, a lot that needs to happen. It could happen. Wanted to throw that out there. Be one of the first people to, to kind of throw that one out there, but it, it, it's a lot to ask for going into the last two, potential three weeks of the season. Yeah. 
All right, so that's it for our Power 5 conference talk. Let's talk about one thing before we get into underdog talks. Underdog picks, excuse me. Rivalry games. So rivalry games are next week. Some teams are playing this week, like UC- USC, UCLA, um, because of scheduling issues and stuff like that. But rivalries are really going to be shaken up a lot. I mean, we're going to see a lot of teams being moved from uh, the SEC getting some teams, Big Ten getting some teams, the Pac-12 moving on and splitting up into a bunch of different conferences. Um, so let's just take into potential like new rivalries. Is there any rivalries you guys are excited to potentially see again or new ones that we've never seen before that you think will be a new rivalry? You know, it it might be nice to see, you know, like when – because I you know, grew up an SC fan. So it was SC against the Big Ten teams because you'd only see them at the end of the year in the Rose Bowl. So now there's a potential to see those guys every year, you know, whether it be SC in Michigan or, you know, SC and, and Ohio State. So there's potential there. Um, I think the, you know, Oregon and Ohio State, you know, they've already had a little bit of history together, a couple games, right? So yeah. that has the potential to keep building on itself. And the longer you do it, the more hype it is. And if they're close games and both teams are relevant and both teams are good, yeah, you could see that rivalry getting out there. So, I mean, I think there's a chance with maybe Oregon and Ohio State, you know, growing that one. And, you know, SC, because they're notoriety, you know, they're one of the college blue bloods, right? So they, you know, against any of the top teams in the Big Ten, you know, if they play them every year, it, it has a chance of, of, of gaining some traction. Yeah. Yeah, it's as far as new new rivalries. It's I know Roll and I talked about this earlier, earlier in the week. It it takes time to build a rivalry. I don't know if there's teams that have played a few times over the last ten years. Um. But with it's it's just hard to build rival rivalries because I know Colorado tried to build one with Nebraska, but Colorado fans said we were rivals, but us Nebraska fans were like, no, you're not. Our rival was Oklahoma. Um, so it's, it, you can't create them. They just kind of happen on their own. Right. And, it's, and I think it's part of it's a, like a good games, right? A little bit of hatred between some teams. Um, animosity, you know? Yeah. So, so would you consider Oklahoma the biggest rival to Nebraska? They were until they, until they killed – they stopped playing each other. So who's who's their biggest rival now, or do you have one? Northwestern. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it, battle yeah, the ends. It, uh, battle the ends. It, yeah, it's it, we don't. I, I. It's it's funny how now that now that they they play Colorado here or they or in in Colorado this year, in Lincoln next year, um, that might rekindle something. I don't know if they have plans to play each other in the future. Um, but if, but it, you, we just haven't beaten anybody like that. Like we beat Michigan. I don't think we beat Michigan since we joined the big 10 and Wisconsin's kicked our ass more than once. I know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, who was that running back that ran for an NCAA record? Uh, ran wild. Taylor or Jonathan Gordon? Uh, no. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. He ran wild. I mean, he just torched Nebraska's defense for like five, four or five touchdowns and 370 yards. So until we start beating people, we like I play on the team. Until Nebraska starts beating people, I think it's going to be hard to find another rival until it kind of creates itself. 
maybe Georgia State from a couple years back. Georgia State comes into the big house and they beat Nebraska. Maybe they start a rivalry together. That'd be cool. Well, you could pick on uh, you could pick on Scott Frost all you want, but he's gone. So, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it it's. I mean, it's kind of Iowa has kind of taken on a, on a rival now because they they share a border and Iowa corn sucks. Um, <laughs> it's a yeah, and they play every year on the day after Thanksgiving, like Oklahoma and Nebraska used to do. And it's it's they've been decent games. Um, we'll see what happens next week. Maybe maybe we have a barn burner at, and it's ten to six, and somebody's yeah it's yeah. They just they have, they have to make themselves. You can't force feed rivalries to anybody. Yeah, yeah, you guys are right about that. I mean, history matters, especially with these two teams. That's why I think one rivalry I'm looking forward to that could potentially be a rivalry is Oregon and Oregon, Oregon and Ohio State. Based off of recent games they've had, um, kind of been back and forth. I think that potentially could be a rivalry as long as both teams are in the same conference and continue to play each other every year. The other one is Texas and Alabama based off of this last year. They're going to be probably playing each other more often. Um, I doubt they'll play every single year. So that one's kind of up in the air, mainly because I think both teams will be scared to play each other. They don't want to have that potential loss on their resume, um, but we'll see who, who knows. Maybe um, the scheduling will be different with those teams and they'll actually play some good ones in the SEC. So we'll see about that. But before we move on, best rivalry out of all of college football. What do you got? Start off with you, Dad. Well, I'm, I have a little bit of bias towards ASU versus U of A, just because I was, you know, part of that uh, going to school there. But it's not, it's not really uh, nationally relevant. Um, honestly, I think one of my favorite is USC UCLA. I mean, growing up here in Southern California, that's always a big game. I love the fact they both wear their home jerseys. So you know, you got that home and home. Jersey going on. I just, I think that's a big game. You know, when I was, you know, first learned about football and was into it, it was, you know, back when Rodney Pete and, uh, and Troy Aikman were quarterbacks. So it was, it was a good time. And, and I, I liked that game, I think, the best. There's some other good ones out there, you know, you know, like Army Navy is always a classic, you know, right around Thanksgiving time. That's a good one. They, they get like a whole week lot. to themselves. It's that good. Right. What do you got, Darren? Favorite rivalry? See, they're going to be uh, or Auburn, Alabama. Okay, that's. I mean, and I've watched. I mean, all the rivalry games. I mean, I know Roll and I talked about Army Navy. Those were those were fun games to watch. Um, SC, SC, UCLA. I like those. Um, I used to always watch those, but I think overall, Michigan, Ohio State has always probably been one of the best ones I've watched. And then that, I mean, I don't know if you watched the, uh, the kick six iron bowl from yep. 10 years ago. That was probably one of the wildest things I'd ever seen. Oh, when he ran back that, that, that uh, short field goal. Yeah. They yeah. tried to kick a field goal to, to, to win the game. And they were, they were down by, I think they were, no, was it to seal the earth? I think it was to win it. Was it to that win? That was to win it. Yeah, it was to win it, and then, yeah, I it's but it's just, yeah, that that sticks out in my mind like any no game I've ever watched before. And, and if you want to go like classic rivalries, you know, like uh, one you put in like Texas Oklahoma, that's always a good one. 
and it's early in the season, so it's kind of different. Different, you know, makes it a little different. It's everyone's gonna watch it because it happens what halfway through the year. Yeah, yeah the fourth game. Number shootout is is, is mid season all the time. And so, it's neutral field, so I don't, there's no still in home Texas. field there. It's still in Texas. They they call it neutral field, so that, that's Dallas. what I got here. Yeah. yeah. It's, I'll throw an I'll throw a curveball. How about Southern and Grambling? You know, football's not that great, but the uh, Battle geez. of the Bands is great. The Battle of the Bands, come on, you gotta go love a good drum line. Yeah, I mean, I if you're going for a drum line, then it's not a good football rivalry. <laughs> right, exactly. I agree. Yeah, the band. Uh, I'll say maybe an honorable mention there for from Dad, but that's not on my list. All right. Um, yeah. My favorite rivalry, I mean, of course, I got the bias of Arizona State, Arizona, because I'm a part of it. I've been a part of it since I've been born. But outside of Arizona, I got to go with the, the game, Ohio State, Michigan. Being bo- born in Ohio, I use that as an excuse to be an Ohio State fan all the time. And I love watching these games in the morning. I mean, usually it's always the top two teams in the Big Ten going up against each other, just like it has been the last couple of years. So it's been heartbreaking the last couple of years losing to Michigan. But I love watching those games. It's always relevant. It's never a, a good team against um, a, a really bad team. It's always a, a dec- at least a decent team against a good team. So I, I think that's probably the best robbery in my eyes right there. Yeah. As much as it pains me to say that's one of my – I mean, there were there were times back in the day, and I was just talking about this the other night. My, we would go to my cousin's house in Blythe, Arizona, and over Thanksgiving, and my parents would rent a hotel a hotel room in Blythe because we didn't have cable at my uncle's house. And we'd sit in a hotel room and watch Nebraska, Oklahoma. So that's cool. It's, yeah, but that, yeah, overall – for, for the past few years, I mean, for for a long time, it was Nebraska Oklahoma for me. I'm kind of biased that way, but it's it's little things like that that I think makes rivalries rivalries where you really, really, really hate. See, I, and, and, and I've Rawl knows uh, Pat Pinka, and he's an Oklahoma guy, but I've never I've never hated Oklahoma for whatever reason. I never hated him like I hate Oklahoma, or like I hate Alabama, or any other team in the SEC. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it's but back to the back back to one of the better rivalries. I think Ohio State Michigan is probably pretty good. It is, and it all because it always has like Rose Bowl implications, you know, or you know now it's national championship implications. So it, yeah. that makes it that makes it good, you know, makes it exciting. Yeah. there's a lot on the line. Yep. Yeah, one team could spoil someone else's chances of being in the title game or being in the playoffs or going to the Rose Bowl. And and that's the game that has cost coaches jobs, right? You know, you've had guys that have, you know, coached at Ohio State that can't beat Michigan and they fire them for it. John, and, and vice John versa. Cooper. Yeah, you can't beat Michigan, they fire them. Yep. I mean, that's just – you can yeah. you can lose nine games. They say you can lose nine games, you got to win that one. And, you know, so – that makes it kind of you know, exciting too. Yeah, Iron Bowl is the same way. I mean, you got tumors trees. When that one guy called into the to the uh, Paul Feinbaum show and said he was going to poison tumors trees, or actually he, he claimed he's the one that did it. They tracked him down and they found him and they arrested him for it. He did jail time for for poisoning the tumors trees. Wow. So and that was Auburn. That was the yeah. That was Auburn Alabama rivalry. So. Yeah. 
rivalries take the best and the worst out of people. Um, yep. So much on the line for one game of football, and it, yep. anything could happen in those games. It it doesn't even matter about point spreads. Doesn't matter about what happened all through the the season. You could play one game a year, and if you play that one game, just better not lose. Right. Yep. All right, let's head to underdog picks. So we do underdog picks every Wednesday news. I give you guys who I think is at least going to cover, if not potentially outright win. Um, rules are you have to be a four-and-a-half-point or more underdog um, in as of Thursday. If it changes throughout the week, that is fine. Um, if you do cover the spread, you are awarded five points. If you get an outright win, you get that five points plus the spread number. So if the spread is a six-point underdog, you get a total of 11 points for an outright win. So last week, I had West Virginia over Oklahoma State. I think at 14 and a half. Um, I think it came down to about 12 or 11 and a half at game time. That one did not hit at all. I got blown out by Oklahoma. I think it was like 56 to 20 something or something like that. Wasn't even close. So my season total sticks at 55. This week, though, one of the game of the weeks, according to ESPN, is Appalachian State versus James Madison. James Madison goes in as a undefeated, um, I think nine nine and zero in conference play right now, eleven point favorite against App State. Give me the Mountaineers in that game. I got 11, 11 points with App State. I got the Mountaineers, maybe potentially winning that game against James Madison. Well, App State's pretty high in the conference too, right? Typically are. Yeah. Typically are. It's not like they're like bottom of the conference. It's just a weak conference. Um, so. My underdog pick, and it has uh, implications for the conference and all. I have Iowa State over Texas, you know, getting seven and a half points. I like it. So I think Iowa State. I think Iowa State has a chance to win it. I think they'll definitely win with the with the spread here, and they have the potential to may, maybe earn themselves a uh, a chance at the Big Twelve title. Yeah, I like it a lot. I I think everything you said. Definitely could happen this weekend. Darren, who's your underdog pick? Well, I was wavering between between two, between the Kansas State-Kansas game, because I think Kansas is kind of kind of unnoticed. Kansas State's been playing better. Um, the other one is Nebraska, obviously Wisconsin. Um, and I'm going to lean with the Nebraska-Wisconsin game because I think – Homer. Uh, Right, yeah. total, total homer. I, I think um, Nebraska's going to – they're going to go with Purdy um, okay. for his first start of his career. And they're – I think they're a five-and-a-half-point dog against Wisconsin in Wisconsin. Is that what – Okay. Is that what it's listed at? And the defense is going to be the difference again. I, I Nebraska's never been a good blowout a, – a, a shootout team. If they get involved in shootouts, they usually lose. But um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think Nebraska's going to—they're going to—they're going to—I—I I think they're going to take the outright win against Wisconsin. That whatever the spread is, I think they'll probably. As of right now, it's a six-point. It is six getting, points right now. You're getting six points, yeah. Okay, it must have been that—that that hundred thousand I laid out on this morning. I moved <laughs> the line. All right. Well, those are our underdog picks for this week. So keep an eye out on those. Should all potentially be wins in our in our case i think all of them definitely have potentials to cover if not outright win 
So to wrap up the show, we got our week 12 pickums. We got a couple, a good amount of games to choose from. So we'll go pretty quickly. You could give a reason why or not just kind of go, go down the line here. So start off with you, dad, start off game. Number one, Louisville at Miami. Louisville is ranked 11 and has a one point favorite in this one. I'm taking Louisville. Darren. Yeah. Louisville, even though it is in Miami, I'm going Louisville. Yeah. yeah they, got, Louisville they, got, they got a quarterback named plumber. Come on. You can't go against that. No. <laughs> Wasn't he the guy at Cal? Heartburn. No, yeah, he was at Arizona State when they beat Nebraska. Good Big times. Snake. And I wasn't even there. Oh, you were there. You were with your dad. Uh, oh, no, he didn't go either because he had something better to do. No, yeah. he chose golf, right? Yeah. What a loser. Right. Best win in, in program history. He wasn't even there. That's okay. Um, I also got Louisville. I also got Louisville in this one. I'm surprised they're only a one-point favorite, so I would hammer that one. Next game, we got SMU and Memphis. I only put this one in here because American Conference is up for grabs here. Both of these two teams are at the top of it. So SMU and Memphis, Dad, who you got? I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I haven't seen either one of these teams, so I'll just, I'll go with SMU since they're the favorite on it. But I, that's no other reason for other than that. Darren. I'm going to go with SMU just because they've made somewhat of a comeback since they got the death penalty in the 80s for the pony excess. Um, and I don't know anything about <laughs> Yeah, I got SMU as well. Just um, I think quarterback. just because of them going to the ACC, they're going to have to prove that they can win these games. So I got to roll with them here. They're, they are a favorite in this one. So I, I got SMU as well. Then we got the college game day site, Appalachian State at James Madison. Dad, who you got? Dude, I, I'm going to go with uh, App State. I mean, they have that history of, of beating that better team, you know, have, having the upset. So why not Why not another one here? Let's go. I also got App State as well. So a clean sweep there. Mountaineers hopefully get it done against James Madison. Next up, we got number 22, Utah at number 17, Arizona. Dad, who you got in this one? I want to see Utah win because I can never pick U of A to beat anyone. So Utah. Darren? Got a respect for uh, Raw. I'll pick Arizona as well. Um, I can't go with uh, the Wildcats at all. Anybody but Arizona. So I also got Utah in this one. Next up, we got number one, Georgia versus number 18, Tennessee. Who you got? Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Darren, who you got? Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, I got Georgia too. I don't even think it's going to be close. And now we got number 20, North Carolina versus Clemson. Clemson's been very bad, but they've been up and down. Actually labeled as a six and a half point favorite in this one. Dad, who you got in this? I like I like North Carolina. That was it, uh, was it Drake May. He's a good quarterback. I like him. I've seen him play a couple times. Yeah. Uh, I'll take North Carolina. Darren. Yep, me too. Drake May is going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I actually would pick this as another underdog pick potentially. I think North Carolina wins against Clemson here. Then we got a rivalry game, UCLA at USC. Um, potentially last game for Chip Kelly. Dad, who you got here? I have UCLA because they're going to blow out USC and they're going to keep Chip Kelly. Come on. He's going to uh, give geez. no reason to fire him. Darren, who you got? I'm going to go UCLA because USC can't stop anybody. 
Uh, I'm going to go USC. I think I'm kind of surprised that both of you guys did not go with that. Um, I understand both of you guys' reasons, but it's, it's kind of hard to not go with USC in this one, um, especially going off of what they did last week against Arizona State. I think the Bruins are going to struggle on the offensive side. So, But we'll see about that. Next up, we got UNLV versus Air Force. This has Mountain West uh, championship game implications. So, Dad, who you got in this one? I like Air Force, actually. I, I don't. I like the service academies, you know. So I think Air Force has a chance here. All right, Darren, who you got? Force, because I'm on a route for America. All right, I would like to go again with Air Force. They looked really good. Had a couple bad weeks. I'm gonna go UNLV in this one with the upset. Next up, we got number six, Oregon at Arizona State. The last time the Ducks were in Tempe, ranked six in the country. They lost to, I hate saying it, Jaden Daniels, but Brandon Ayuk and Eno Benjamin were some of the top players in that game. Dad, we'll start off with you. Who you got in this one? You know, I mean, I hate to go against the, the Sun Devils, but Oregon's, Oregon's the better team. They're gonna, I think they're going to win it. ASU has no quarterback. They, I mean, they can't really score right now, so I'm going Oregon. Darren, who you got? Yeah, I got Oregon. I, I got ASU in this one. I think history repeats itself. I'm going to root for the Devils. Over. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to root for the Devils. Root it hard. I think defense wins games this one. Um, so ASU upsetting big time against the Ducks. Next up, we got number 21, Kansas State at number 25, Kansas. Dad, who we got there? Uh, Kansas. Kansas. Darren. Yeah, I'm going to go Kansas. Because that was one of my one of my underdog picks. I think Kansas is going to sneak up on Kansas State. Yeah, I think Kansas does it as well. I think this is not a right spread. I think Kansas is better than eight and a half. So I got Kansas as well. Coming up on the last couple of games, number five, Washington at number eleven, Oregon State. Who you got, Dad? Man, I want to see Oregon State win. I, like I said, I think they got a good quarterback, good running back. They have they have a fighter's chance. So Oregon State. All right, Darren. Washington. Yeah, I have to agree with Darren here. I think Washington wins it. Yep, uh, I would ahead. like to see Oregon State win, but I think Washington's just a better team. I think they take take care of business there. We got Nebraska versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin labeled as a six-point favorite here. We'll start off with Darren on this one. Who you got? I'm going to go out on a limb and, uh, and say that <laughs> uh, Nebraska's defense is going to roll the bones and they're going to score twice. And so the offense is only going to have to score 10 points, and they'll probably win 17 to 13. Oh, defensive battle, huh? Yeah. What yep. do you got, Dad? I have, I have Nebraska, actually. I think I think they have a chance to, to go into Wisconsin and beat them. I, I, think they, I think they have a chance. Well, Darren, if you went with Arizona State over Oregon, I definitely would have hammered Nebraska. <laughs> but I'm – I'm sorry. I can't see Nebraska beating Wisconsin on the road here. I'm taking that six points. I think they cover that, and I think Wisconsin wins. So we'll see what happens, but I think that's going to happen. Last game of the night, though. Number seven, Texas visits the Cyclones, Iowa State. Dad, who you got in this one? I have Iowa State. Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay. Darren. I'm going to go with Iowa State. Interesting. Um, I'm back and forth on this one. I think Texas is a good enough team to beat Iowa State, but no one's talked about Iowa State at all. It feels like it's that kind of game they should win at that point. At home, I think they definitely cover the spread of eight and a half. I got the Cyclones as well, so we got a three 
three-pick underdog favorite in this one. So that will wrap up college football Saturday's pick em. Hopefully you guys listen to this before um, and we don't look too bad as our picks, but I think most of our picks are going to hit. So uh, it's only only time will tell now. Yeah, well, guys, we'll, I, we'll, we'll find out, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, that will do it for this episode. Thank you very much, Dad and Dan, for joining me on this episode. No problem. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yep, thanks for having us on. Well, thanks for letting me talk about Nebraska for an hour and a half. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. It's the only you place in the platform. country where it's allowed. And you're right. Yeah, who knows how much makes it in the final cut, but we'll let you we'll let you uh, say your piece now. Okay, right on. All right, you guys, that will do it for this episode. Check out the links down below for Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever they want to still keep calling it. We will post whenever new episodes drop, so keep an eye out on that. Stay up to date with our latest episodes. Keep sharing the podcast. It helps a lot. Hopefully you guys watch some college football, and hopefully you guys listen to this before the games. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you on Wednesday.